Welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. This is John Murphy. I'd like to welcome to this podcast Dr. Fabrizio Ambrosio, who is an associate professor at the University of Pittsburgh and director of UPMC Rehabilitation International. Dr. Ambrosio, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you're the founder of a network called Regenerative Rehabilitation. Tell us a little bit about that. So it's definitely a collective effort that was launched here out of the University of Pittsburgh, but also in collaboration with Stanford University, the Mayo Clinic, and it started out with UCSF as well. And so in this effort, we essentially have been really trying to bring together investigators from institutions throughout the country, and it's expanded to be throughout the world where these investigators have a vested interest in this field of regenerative rehabilitation. I'd say we used to call it an emerging field, but now we are over 10 years old. So I think we've more transitioned to what I would consider an established field. Give me an example of how this is paid dividends. So in essence, the whole idea here is to bring together the fields of regenerative medicine, stem cell therapies, tissue engineering, together with rehabilitation science and practice and technology. Our idea is that bringing these two fields together, fusing techniques and approaches across the two fields really has the potential to enhance outcomes following various interventions and regenerative medicine interventions. Specifically, our idea is that through modalities such as mechanical stimulation or even electrical stimulation, there's a potential to modulate stem cell functioning and thereby enhance tissue regeneration and healing responses. And so as a consortium then, which we have built again, bringing together institutions from the US, Europe, and also in Asia, Our idea is to really enhance the field and kind of explore where we might be able to conduct regenerative rehabilitation research, expanding it into different model systems and various paradigms. Do you have an example of how this has been successfully implemented? So one of the examples that I love to share when I'm talking about regenerative rehabilitation really comes out of our partner, Tom Rando's laboratory, was at Stanford, actually just recently moved to UCLA. But in a paper that came out of Tom's group several years ago now, they were investigating the application of a tissue engineering bioscaffold approach for the treatment of volumetric muscle loss. And what they demonstrated is that whereas the scaffold alone did a great job at adding new muscle fibers at that treated site, it was only when they added exercise to the mix, and in this case it was by treadmill running, It was only when they added exercise that the treatment with the scaffold really resulted in an enhanced functional benefit. And so I think this is a really, you know, kind of a quintessential example of how merging the two approaches really has the potential to improve outcomes. And our idea is to extend that into our patients. 
our very own Steve Badalak here currently has a clinical trial that is also looking at the application of scaffolds to improve function for people who have volumetric muscle loss. And similarly, they are looking at the application of a rehabilitation protocol to improve outcomes. And we're very excited to be collaborating with Steve to help to direct some of those rehab protocols for the subjects that are included. So if I recall correctly, your studies show that there's a particular molecule that has some profound positive effect. Yeah. So in my lab, we've been mostly using preclinical models to look at skeletal muscle regeneration. And in this case, we're not focusing so much on volumetric muscle loss as much as understanding age-related declines in our skeletal muscle healing capacity. So why does skeletal muscle display an impaired ability to regenerate after an acute injury? work that was published out of our laboratory a few years ago now in 2018 demonstrated that one of the contributors to an impaired healing capacity as we age is a loss of a so-called longevity protein called Clotho. We demonstrate that Clotho is important for uh, functional muscle healing after injury, but that as we get older, Clotho levels decline and that that contributes instead of a functional muscle regeneration, instead what we see is collagen deposition or fibrosis, thereby leading to an impaired functional capacity of the muscle. How does this lend itself to potential therapies? We're very excited because I think the application of Clotho and Clotho as a therapeutic has some interesting potential applications in the clinic in the future. We have looked at various means of applying Clotho to older skeletal muscle with the goal of enhancing the regenerative response. We've looked at several different ways. We've looked at just adding in the pure recombinant protein. We've investigated gene therapy approach, and this was actually a paper that came out earlier this year in January of 2021. And then most recently, we're actually looking at the use of extracellular vesicles. Extracellular vesicles are nanoparticles that have the potential to carry various cargos. And these cargos can be administered and kind of delivered to target cells to affect their function. And so we've been looking at extracellular vesicles as another means to deliver the Clotho message to our target muscle stem cells. And this was a paper that just came out early last week, actually. If I recall correctly, some of your findings said that you cannot use this therapy successfully with very old muscle. That's right. So it's a great point, John. What we have seen is that, and this was specifically when considering the gene therapy approach to administer Clotho to aged mice. There, what we were looking at is whether Clotho could attenuate some of the effects of sarcopenia. So just an age-related loss of muscle mass and strength. What we saw was that Clotho gene therapy significantly enhanced muscle strength in old mice However, when it got to very old mice, then that benefit was completely lost. And so we think that this is important ultimately for our clinical translation, because it suggests to us that there may be a window of opportunity where Clotho intervention might be best suited and most efficacious. We definitely need to do more research, but that is what our data suggested. So in terms of which you know at this point, how might therapy be implemented? Like a vitamin pill, somebody takes? 
I have to say that we're very excited about this most recent paper looking at extracellular vesicles. And so our idea is to really further investigate the potential of these nanoparticles as a delivery system for Clotho. And specifically, we're focusing on these extracellular vesicles as a delivery system for the Clotho transcript. Not so much Clotho protein, but the transcript, which can then be delivered to the target cell, where the target cell then translates the transcript into the clotho protein and that that clotho protein ultimately affects muscle stem cell functioning. And so we're looking at different EV-based therapeutics to deliver clotho to the host. This would be by injection or? So in our paper, we focused in on a local injection of extracellular vesicles into the injured muscle. I think as a next step, we're very interested to see if we could inject the extracellular vesicles through the bloodstream and whether that could actually contribute to muscle regeneration locally. We did demonstrate in our paper that we can fluorescently label extracellular vesicles, inject them and through the tail vein, and then we're able to detect quite a few extracellular vesicles locally within that injured muscle site. So we think from a feasibility perspective, it's possible. Though again, future studies are really needed for us to be able to determine whether we can systemically deliver these nanoparticles with the goal of targeting muscle healing. This is exciting, but I think there's more work that needs to be done. What's your prediction when this might be clinically available? Certainly, there's a lot of enthusiasm for the use of extracellular vesicle-based therapies. There was a paper that came out, I believe it was in 2019, in Science Translational Medicine, where they were really talking about the potential of extracellular vesicles for clinical applications. And one of the things that I think is really exciting about this paper is they kind of highlight the number of clinical trials that are ongoing with using extracellular vesicles. And so I think in general, there's a lot of optimism that this is a really safe and potentially readily accessible means for delivering target molecules. It would be great to think that it's in the not so distant future that we'll be seeing more and more of these extracellular vesicle-based therapies. And I think the trajectory that we're seeing with the growth of clinical trials seems to suggest that that might be the case. So Dr. Ambrosio, tell us a little bit about networking and how networking helps facilitate these types of studies. So I think the networking afforded through the International Consortium for Regenerative Rehabilitation has been extraordinarily valuable in the sense that this is a group of really like-minded individuals who are all vested in this field of regenerative rehabilitation, view its potential for advancing clinical practice down the road. And so through our consortium, then we have executed joint pilot programs. We've done research exchange where we send a trainee, for example, from one institution to spend time at another of our partnering institutions laboratory. And I think that's been very valuable for expanding our collective research portfolio with this ultimate goal of kind of demonstrating the potential of regenerative rehab to improve outcomes of our technologies that we're investigating. Dr. Ambrosio, thank you for joining us and sharing with us your pioneering studies. Thanks, McGowan Institute for Genetic Medicine for sponsoring this podcast series. And so we meet again. Thank you for listening. <laughs>